0: Adrian Smith and this is the Messy Progress podcast. Indecision is the perfect breeding ground for suffering and misery, a place really familiar to many of us especially right now. Uncertainty and not knowing what next step to take has been paralyzing for me personally. And in this conversation with Gina Ward, an incredible listener, leader and teacher, we talk about how the answer for what to do now or next doesn't come from running away we've both done it super masterful at it however it's cultivated from being quiet and feeling those little pings inside of ourselves we all have heard of listening to our gut and yet we don't truly know how to do it if you're like me you may not even know that you don't know how to do it this is the perfect place to be your intuition is ready to be i hope you enjoy this episode right so I'm here today this amazing woman Gina Ward and um, we I'm so thankful that you wanted to be on the show with me today
1: thank you I'm grateful that you asked
0: yeah you're welcome you know and um, I this is you had asked me in our just like just pre-conversation about you know like remind me what this is about what's the kind of and I just shared with you like how things got born with this podcast. And as I'm, as I'm refining that this, this is messy. This is what living actually looks like is like, we don't come out with a program and it's all perfect and refined and it never changes. And I, you know, I met you I don't know, a couple of years ago when we were doing a, a program together and it's, it's interesting to witness you in a program and then you in a life living and leading. Like I, I guess what I, I'm like noticing for myself is that I sign up for these programs and I think that all of a sudden everything in my life is going to shift, shift and transform like overnight from like one weekend and like all of my issues and problems and I'm going to have this revelation and it's all going to be gone and transformed and disappeared. And yet I'm still um, dealing and doing <laughs> some of the same mess ups that I've always been doing. Um, it's, you know, if I, you know, trans transfer myself back to like, even when I first opened my studio and stuff and, um, and yet it's really neat. What I want to say is that it's really neat to, to see what you've created. Like not like I didn't know you at all three years ago and then to see and now know and like be in your world and see what you're creating for people. And that, you know, we've collaborated a little bit with some programs and things and workshops that you've done to then offer them to our students here in California and you're on the East Coast. And um, I just want you to know that like from afar, it's, it's inspiring to see you continually step into what you know is like your gifting and your calling and your passion.
1: And it's really great to hear because what I can speak to, and I think a lot of people I'm not alone in this is that you do these things. you are like, man, nobody is listening. <laughs> like, nobody sees me. No one's listening. No one has me. like, I'm just sitting here talking to myself all day long because you know, my business is entirely online now. So I literally just interact with Instagram clips. <laughs> I feel like all day long and the occasional zoom call now, but um, it's, it's interesting. I know I found myself often when I got started. So, yeah, it's like you think you're going to enroll in this thing and like the world's going to change. Like, I thought, oh, I'm going to open a yoga studio. And I literally can remember. And I don't know that I've never ever told anybody this. I'm going to open a yoga studio. And once it gets going, I'm going, to have, I'm going to be able to get up every day and go to the coffee shop, and drink coffee while my business is running and like journal, and do fun things, and teach some classes, and I'm going to take yoga, and it's going to be the best yoga classes ever, every time I take yoga, and um, none at, like, six years later, none of that stuff is
0: still happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, like, with you, because I'm just, like, I, when I first got started, I was, like, well, I want to take yoga classes that I want to yeah. take, and they're going to be the best, and yet, like, let's just be honest, when you're brand new at something, you're not the best at something there's someone that's been doing it longer than you that's a little bit better because they have yeah. a little bit more experience and so like when I started I was you know did my first when I led my first teacher training god I can't even tell you how horrible some things went down um and those like I'm bringing brand new people on to teach and those are the classes I'm taking and there's some days I gotta be honest as a teacher and a business owner I'm like I don't want to take your class
1: well what I found was that um I, I, once I started putting myself over there in those shoes, like I can remember back as an employee, right before I worked for myself, I was the most nervous whenever my boss was in the room. <laughs> and here I am, strolling into these yoga classes, expecting everyone to teach the best class ever, and all they're doing is worried about Gina over there at the corner, <laughs> right? It's like, by default, um, I, I don't present to them, the opportunity to teach their best class possible just because of who I am, right? And so it took a long time uh, to work through that. So I, I do would say that most of my team now is not really overly concerned when I'm in their classes, but it took a long time. It, and like you said, you were talking about your first teacher training, I often joke, um, I should write all of my first teacher training graduates I'm sorry cards and melt into them now that I'm like 10 trainings in. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> right? And though, but that was like the learning, the, the learning experience. Then what happened? Because I ran my first teacher training, So, I opened the studio like March one of 2015. And the plan was for me to work my other job for three years, have a teacher training in three years, I quit my other job in six months. I had a teacher training within nine months of opening the studio. Because open studio, I'm like, oh shit, I need people to teach. <laughs> Besides me, <laughs> right? Um, so I just threw something together based on what little I knew in the style of yoga we teach in Bat-T-C-O that field that I've been teaching it for a year. By the time I had day one teacher training, so it was like, I don't know. Here's all the things that thing's perfect.
0: Make it that way too. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. inspired you to even lead? So besides needing teachers, that was obviously like the needing teachers to teach classes. Besides you, was the reason to to start to train people, but what was, what else was there that you needed or desired to? Well, it,
1: so when I did my teacher, tra- when I took teacher training, my, I did my first teacher training. It had nothing to do with power yoga. And then I discovered, well, I didn't even discover power yoga. I had a life event. My father committed suicide and I decided to do a program to fix myself and, like, to fix myself and to forget, like, to create this whole avoidance place, because that's typically what I did. I had I'd have a life traumatic event happen in my life, and I would go over here, and over here would look like at the age of 13, moving from my mom's house to my dad's house. By the time I was adult, it looked like moving from Virginia to Arizona, so <laughs> it was always just to go somewhere else. Like run away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how far can I go? Yeah, and, I'm masterful
0: um, at that. Oh, so oh, good. So good.
1: it's like what it was a plan Like I go got go. no
0: fear if it means I can run away from all those problems over here. I got no fear. And everyone I sees me so as like, oh my god, you're so fearless. I'm like, no, no, I actually it's because I'm scared that I'm leaving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it is nothing for me to pack up a U Haul and get the hell out. Like that is not scary.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? Move to another state, start a new job. That is easy. So I've done that many times actually. And um So I enrolled in this teacher training thinking that was going to be, like, my next distraction. I didn't know anything about the style of yoga we teach. little bit, like, you know, I found out the first weekend that they were going to make me talk about all the stuff that I was trying to get away from. But um, I got really inspired in that training and being heard and seen for the first time, like, all of me, and it being Okay. And I, that's when I decided to open a studio, and I actually opened my studio before that training even ended, and then in the same year, went to the first program, AFAR, the level, the level one, and I was like, oh, I want to do this. I want to help other people have the experience that I was having from these programs. So the first time I even considered, wait, like, teacher training really just wasn't a, any type of training program, leading any of that stuff was not a. Thing that was in my realm I just wanted to teach yoga classes and make a lot of money sit around and drink coffee right only one of those three really happened you taught a lot <laughs> of drinks obviously because I'm staying up late at night trying to get the website to work not because I'm having 11 o'clock morning
0: <laughs> downtown
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so um
0: but yeah, you said was it was really because it. you wanted to give people the experience that you had of being seen and heard like the connection. Like
1: I never really got connecting to another human. Um, maybe the only time I ever did that in my adult life was with my husband, who I didn't meet him before, before yoga, and um, connected to him. But you know, there were times when even then things would get rough. And like I had the plan in my head. Like I had it, the plan in my head. I was like, I know exactly what I need to take, but I don't need to take where I'm going to go. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I've created the exit strategy so many times. Oh, my gosh,
1: so many times. And, um, but that's pretty much like, I stopped doing that through this. And um, when I was able to connect with people, it was like, it's okay. Because, you know, the running happens when things don't go your way or you get really mad and you don't know what to do about that. Like, I didn't know what to do when I was mad. I didn't know. And then typically I would get mad about something and then I I'd, I'd really kind of fucked up. And then I was like, well, I can't say that I did. I don't know how to apologize and I'm too embarrassed to admit it. So we'll just end that and go start another friendship over here somewhere else <laughs> or another job over here somewhere else. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it takes something to clean up like we oh, talking yeah. you know about clean up your messes and i mean every like aa talks about cleaning up the messes like it's not it's not an estranged idea and yet it's something that i feel like we're wired for connection <laughs> but we really it's so scary to be exposed to say mm-hmm. i'm sorry to really say that we messed up and for whatever reason, it seems easier just to go back to what we just started with. It seems so easy so much easier to just start an entirely new life.
1: It seems that way.
0: <laughs> Until all of the stuff that we have just follows us wherever we've gone.
1: Oh yeah. Like you just end up I mean, that's why I've I have moved around so much, had so many jobs. And then I've been lucky. Like I'll be honest, and I've been lucky each time I I job hopped, I was able to in my mind hop up the ladder and really by definition that was just around making more money or having a title that seemed more prestigious it never made yeah. me more happy but it made me prove back there at the, the job I just left where whoever was ahead of me was really wrong which is why I had to quit That mm-hmm. like they were, they were wrong I was right because they just hired me over here and they're better than you
0: <laughs> yeah and you're like hey look at me prove I know that. exactly Right. Yeah. And it's interesting. So, you know, you asked me like, well, where did this podcast kind of get birthed from? And um, when I was in and talking with um, Bethany, actually, in one of the episodes that's already published, she had made the quote, she said, you know, life isn't a highlight reel. And I was like, no, that's it it's not, it's like, we can take a picture of ourselves that our most miserable and we've seen them. And I like, you know, every people will take like crying selfies or whatever it is and post them and then write a long diatribe about what's going on in the world with them. And yet it's still filtered. Like there's still a filter on what we really share. Like, um, and what you just said about, yeah, I moved, I moved to that job and I pointed to that person and inside you're like, yeah, I proved that I could, get to the next thing and I'm better than you and but that's like what everybody's really truly experiencing and it's it's like the ability I feel like in what what we've learned and what what you just shared is like oh I I can actually make a choice to keep running or not
1: yeah and it's so what it is at the end of the day I feel like what I've learned is how to restore myself right so what I often tell people, and I'll say in trainings, is so, here, so many people will sign up for the trainings and programs I do, and you get to a point where it's kind of like, okay, when is this feeling gonna stop? When is all the messiness, when is all the breakdowns? When is it gonna stop? I'm like, well, that's never gonna happen, it's just not. And so what, what you can do, and what I've learned, is putting tools in place to restore yourself. And it can be so simple. Like, first of all, just knowing, like knowing that I call it bent, like this is what I look like bent. When I get bent, literally bent out of shape, (laughs) I want to pack my shit up and leave. And then when I can't, like, okay, well, I need to make them really wrong and then really guilty. And then we can do like the sobbing and crying and apologizing to each other and all that fun stuff and move on sounds like a good soap opera. It really is. But like, I'm very clear that that's the process that I have in my, what I call my bit shape in my inauthentic form. And it's, 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 it's what I do when I'm mad. Like I could say angry, but I mean, I'll just be real. Like I'm mad. And, and though it's not mad, it's hurt, but I don't want to deal with hurt. I just don't want to deal with hurt. Well, when I I've learned to identify it, and then it's like, you know, it, it literally, it's like, if you can imagine yourself a straight line, like a spoon, right? Like in the matrix, you imagine the spoon and then you get bent <laughs> the spoon like bends over and you're walking around and you just like, because it's bent, you're just knocking shit over, right? People over. It's like, what can you do to get yourself back upright into your true form? Um, and it, it can be like activities. Like I started... I've recently started horseback riding again. I paint, I move my body, I meditate, I have conversations with people, I journal, I sit outside, take a dog for a walk. So those could be like simple ones. And then other ones is really getting honest with myself about what I need to get over the river for around. And this I think speaks to what you were talking about, like even when, like even I, like I'll post about difficult situations or struggles or challenges. And even physically, you know, I've done the crying selfie pulse, but in that moment, I'm, it's still the past. Right? Like, I didn't do, I didn't like pause and be like, hey, hubby, take a selfie with me right now and let them throw the spoon at you. Right? Like, and, and then the caption would say, fuck you. Right? That's all the caption would say. It wouldn't be that's real life. Like, that's real now. life. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. And then 10 minutes later, I can write that other thing. Because I've gotten over the river. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm still not feeling the feelings. But now I'm sitting here and seeing that I'm feeling the feelings. I see that I'm going to be fine. Just need a moment. I see, like, where this is coming from. Like, I'm in the revelation of it. Yet, still in the physical manifestation of all the feelings. Yeah, so, like, it's it's that little filter. And, um, you know, sometimes that's also people doing their best to try to connect is that's what they that's how they do it Mm -hmm. and it'll it'll reach some people and not other people and that's okay
0: yeah and right now it's we have this limitation in a way more connection than ever like we know this more connection the possibility of connection than ever but also not the physical in-person connection and you know I want to speak to that for you because you closed your physical studio and, um, you know, pandemic hit March ish. And then the interior space you closed in my, in, from my lens, it seemed like you were able to get to that conclusion pretty quickly. Like when we were in conversation about stuff with business things, um, what was it like for you? Like, I guess in that run, like, I, I think about that running away, like, Cause I've experienced it so many times, Gina, where I'm just like, do I close the doors? Do I, what do I do? But it seemed like you, like you really knew and you stood in it. Like you got over that river really, I don't want to say quickly, but it was like, you had so much conviction. Like you knew there was like a deep knowing. How did you know? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so I always look at, like, look at myself first, like intuition consider that we all always know and it, sometimes it's like just a little bitty spark somewhere down deep in your belly, your gut, your chest. But then like, it's help. it's, are you willing to let that spark grow? Or you're like, no, wait, I don't want to do that. And I remember, so I remember when the spark happened. So it was, um, it happened in March and I'm in New Jersey. So we were, I mean, we, I'm only like 90 minutes from New York city. So we were like in it before the rest of the country and about nine days before the government told us to shut down, the state, I had one of my very close friends, students, is a physician it's at the uh, University of Pennsylvania, the med school. And she sent me a note saying, hey, do you consider closing the studio? And I can remember that email back. I was like, nope, <laughs> we, <laughs> we will not survive. But as soon as I wrote, like that email was a reaction to, yep, I totally need to do that, but I don't want to. Like, as soon as she asked me that question, the answer was, yeah, but I resisted it. And I resisted addressing it for about three days. So, like, you you you, you saw, like, what I was, like you said, willing to put out there. But, like, this email was sent to me, like, on a Thursday, and then I didn't really readdress it until Monday when I was supposed to go... Um, my gym for a training session and I canceled because I was like I actually don't want to be in the environment Mm. and then I'm like
0: (laughs) I just got chills like I could yeah
1: I don't want to be there and here I am I own a place where I'm asking people to come in and Monday Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday were just complete breakdown days for me it's when I said, and I know what I need to do, and I don't want to do it. I mean, literally, just like a toddler. I know that I have to brush my teeth, and I don't want to. <laughs> right? And um, I, it, was, it was a really rough, like, lots of crying. I wouldn't even talk to anybody about it. And I can even remember, my husband's like, you said in February this is going to be bad. I was like, I know, I know. And they did. Since so I on the news, I looked at them I said, this is going to be bad. Like, oh, no, no. I'm like, no, this is going to be bad. You just wait. Um, and so Thursday night, I decided, I said, I'm going to close. And then, and then I made a phone call to someone and said it out loud. So the misery and the suffering is in the space of intuition telling you one thing and you having a logical argument against it. And that's nothing more than resistance. Yeah. And that's the space of indecisiveness. And it really takes courage just to make a decision. And then once I made a decision, it was easy. Like Thursday night, I said it out loud. Friday morning, I got up. I made an appointment with someone around online. All day Friday, all day Saturday, online was ready to go on Sunday. And then that following Tuesday, the government said, you have to close. But we'd already been closed 48 hours. And then once I made the decision, it was like, great, now what? And we were rocking and rolling. Like, we didn't miss a single class. I didn't ask my teachers, hey, do you want to teach online? I said, you got the same schedule. Here's how it's going to roll. Here's the login information. I called all the members, So this is what we're going to do. There was no, like, if you need to camp, like, none of that stuff. I'm like, nothing has changed. You're just at home now.
0: Mm-hmm. We,
1: we, and it, it was really great, actually.
0: Yeah, there's so much conviction. What I hear in that, like what you said is intuition, indecision, misery, suffering, all of that stuff lives there. And then the moment that you got that clarity and chose, you were able to get into action and know what to do.
1: Yeah. And if I didn't know, as in the, um, like I knew what I need to do, which is close. And then there's the like, okay, well, what is that going to look like? You just got to start digging in, making the phone calls, figuring out who can help you all of that that stuff
0: um, yeah there's a lot of smart people that we forget that we <laughs> I don't know just that we know that are have done something similar before, like opened a business, closed a business, you know whether it was by call it choice or happen chance, and it's like wow there's There's a lot of people out there that I can resource. I don't have to figure out every single part of this on my own. And I think that for what I've noticed for myself is that indecision lives there. Indecision lives in, I don't have to do all these pieces by myself. Even like doing this podcast is like, there's been hundreds of thousands of people who've done podcasts, millions probably now. I don't even know what the number is there's a webinar somewhere, some free resource to be gotten. There's a, I went and saw this. um, This was great. We went to the mind body bold conference last year and um, the author, Rachel Hollis, she has the book girl wash Your face and a couple other ones. And she was the keynote speaker um, one of the days. And she shared about how she tried to go to business school at Harvard. (laughs) And she, and she's like, would you accept me? It was a long story. But anyway, her, 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 purpose of her talk was how everything that she's ever done. She's like, I learned on YouTube. I learned from the internet. I learned from some, like, I didn't, I didn't have to, um, I didn't need to go get a Harvard education in order to write a book or run a business. And Um, and you've shifted gears like just what we have over here is like shifted gears to online and but you've shifted gears in other ways too where there's you have more programs and leadership programs that you're offering it's not just yoga it's leadership skills and tools for just this kind of thing like you're you're a leader in entrepreneurship it's not just a leader in the yoga world
1: yeah what really came out of this has been really amazing is um I'll, I'll say what I haven't done that's been really important is I've not once, and I, I will stand by this, I have not once said to myself or anyone else, I can't wait for this to get back to normal. I, I don't know that I even used the phrase, um, I can't wait to open the studio again. Or like, I never looked, looked at this like I just knew this is what we had to do and we had to move down this path. I never actually worked from the space of this is what I have to do to get by until mm-hmm. it gets back, until it's normal, until whatever the until was that people were filling in the blank is, I was just like, This is what we're doing. And these are the steps. And if I don't know the steps, this is what we gotta do to figure out the steps. And post it notes are great for that. <laughs> Literally, write one they on a post-it note, put it on the wall, take one post-it off at a time and go do that thing. Yeah, that's a good, skill. And, um, good tool. Yeah, and so it was kind of like, okay, this is where we are. What do we need? What is needed? So my, Melissa Leach and I put together a workshop on Fear and Courage three days after the shutdown and, and had people, and it started two weeks later. And we know, 30 people, 30-some 30 people signed up for that. And then I did what started in the first of April because, you know, they were like, we're closing for two weeks and it was March, right? So everyone was in that two week, two week law. And I was like, you know, I'll preface for everyone. I, I spent the first 19 years of my life in medical research. So I was very clear that two weeks was not going to be what was going to happen, <laughs> right? So on April 1st, I was like, okay, they're gonna, and then it became the actual quarantine. We had a curfew here, stay at home, all that kind of stuff. We did a 30 days program. We did a book club right away for Friday night. And it was like book club and wine, because it's Friday night. People want to do stuff like that, but now you gotta be at home. Like so we literally just threw everything out there to be like, what is needed right now for, for people? Not you know, we had people join our community because we were doing these things.
0: Now, did you just like make a list of all these like things and you put oh, it yeah. on post-its? Like, my
1: team, we had a team meeting and like the first week we closed down. And I'm like, all right, what? And it was literally like, I mean, there was nine of us on team, including myself. I'm like, well, what do we want? What do the nine of us want? We're in this with everybody else. What would we like to have happen? And then we'll go make it happen. And that's what we did. You no, know, down to changing class times and stuff like that, because it's, like I have classes in the morning at 8 a.m. instead of 9 30. I would have never thought that would happen but they're everyone's at home mm-hmm. practicing. They don't like eight o'clock better because they got to be ready to do something at 9:30. 30. It, it, it's just really crazy but I've always I love that phrase of what's needed and, and it makes you look out over there and what's needed and what I want is not always the same thing
0: yeah. And I think that's really good to know as a business, it doesn't even need to be a business owner, but um, someone that's leading, it's like, I might want this and what's needed for all the other people. Because when you were talking about, you know, well, what do I want? What do I, like you had said, like wine and book club. And I was like, that that, that was exactly what I did not want. And all I was in, in that time frame was like, I have a three-year-old who is not going to school Preschool anymore. She's not in daycare. And I'm supposed to organize a wine and book club for other people when I'm home with her full time and I got to do this extra thing now at nighttime. <laughs> like I wasn't able to pull myself out of where I was to see where other people were at that yeah. time because it was just that for very tur- tumultuous, like just felt like a spiral of. Yeah. Not even like what you said about like, when are we going to get through this? But I'm like, this is where I am right now. And there's not one more thing that I want to add to my to-do list for mm-hmm. myself or like anyone else that has a parent or is a parent that has a kid. And then it's like, it's been interesting to then navigate of like studio schedule of when should we have classes? It's like, oh, well, this was the what we did before, but we're not operating from that place. And so why are we... And someone asked me just yesterday, they said, so when's the studio going to get back to full capacity? And I was like, we currently have 40 classes on the schedule. Seems like a good capacity to me. Yeah. And I asked the question, I said, well, what is it that you need? Because I can look based on your attendance prior that you were coming to these classes, which we currently have on the schedule. And so the needs might be constantly shifting and changing. And so I think the, you know, what a... Kind of getting to this, like any any business person needs to be looking is like the needs are changing on the regular. It's not what it was a month ago, even.
1: Yeah, no, you have to change your processes. I mean, I had just kind of um you, you talked about I was doing more leadership programs, and so I, my, my other business, which is now the business shift to lead, I was flying all over the countryside, wearing myself out. Like I only led programs live. At other people's studios, so was traveling every three weeks. I was flying somewhere to lead something, and so when we did the shutdown, I was like, uh, "What's going to happen?" And in reality, I created programs that could be online, and I'm busier than I was before the shutdown. And um, shift to lead is the primary business to the point that I've now chosen. I'll just I'll just go ahead and tell you this because I think this is we'll make this podcast come out after in November, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm choosing to close the online studio. But there's going to be a yoga component now in my leadership business. And my leadership business, which was all tailored to yoga teachers, is now for anyone. It's not just for yoga teachers. None of this would have happened without just nature taking its course. Like if you want to, you can call it 2020, whatever. 2020 is going to be 2020 regardless of what happened, right? But it's just like the universe is just plugging along and this is, this is it, right? So there's nothing we can do about it. And so now like, I'm just declared the leadership coach first before anything else. And I have created programs that fit what's needed right now. So they're not like these long weekends. You have to come into a yoga studio to take them. They're like two hours once a week at night, four full weeks instead of 100 hours. I love like it. The stuff that I used to do in yoga teacher training is for everybody. And some, most people don't want to teach yoga. Great. I have a program now for that where you get to learn all of these amazing tools in the course of 20 hours, not 200. And you never have to stand up in front of anyone and call yoga pose. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And what do you, I have one question about that is because um, I had someone ask about signing up. They're like, I'm interested in yoga teacher training um, and blah, blah, blah. The one thing that I mentioned was as well, we were, th- we're thinking about doing it in a structure where it, it, there's, it's separate. There's like a yoga portion where you learn to teach yoga poses because someone that hasn't learned to teach those so shouldn't be teaching yoga. And at the same time, there is this awesome component of teaching yoga of getting up and sharing something that you're scared out of your mind to, to lead because you haven't done it before that then um, they're not getting. What, what are you doing as a leader to have them like um, step into like leading something that's not yoga since that's your like kind of backbone? Well,
1: I would say that anytime you just stand up or get spotlighted now on a screen. Like whenever I'm leading programs, I spotlight the person speaking. Um, And you're speaking to other people who are not talking, you're leading. And so leading is so simple. We've made it so complicated. Like the act of leading is motivating either yourself or someone else. That's it. And so when you stand, when you speak, whether it's yoga poses or you're talking about your life or telling someone how to put a toaster together. Right, you're either you motivating yourself to do something and that's speaking or what you're saying is motivating somewhere else or both. Now how you go about the motivating is, um, that's the unique tool piece, right? So I, I teach what's called courageous leadership. Because there are people in our world right now that, that people are like, oh, we don't have leadership. No, they're very much leading. There are some people out there, they are leading and they're leading by fear, they are motivating people. Let me get really clear, guys, they are leading, they are motivating people, right? But it's like, how do you want to motivate and lead people? And um, if, if you can get someone to start speaking about something that they don't feel confident about, or uncomfortable in, it doesn't matter what the content, it's creating those scenarios, and then having them work through it, that is the transformation piece.
0: Yeah, I love that. Any time really that you're, different for everybody, but it's also what you said about any time that you're speaking. Like we're doing this here, it's you and me, and the, you know the little yellow box goes to my side, to your side. I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. Is I'm either motivating myself towards something, or motivating you towards something, or motivating those listening towards something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what it is. I love that. Like you could be. How do you put a toaster together?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could be. We could be motivating people to hit the off button right now. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. But they've gotten into action. Mm-hmm. Great. Right? And so, like, I love using the word being a cause. Um, so I've created this pillars of courageous leadership, and one of one of the pillars is be a cause for the thing. Like and cause means you're the producer of an effect and you don't get to pick the effect. You don't get to have control over the effect. Well, like if an action is occurring because of something you've said or done, like you've been an effect on that person. You've been at cause. And then the work is being very intentional and trying to like, um, gauge where the road goes to create an effect that's, for me, impactful and transforming and revolutionary and and taking someone somewhere new that's life-changing versus making them feel bad or feel scared.
0: I wanna hear, Gina, about you are, like, back up a couple, I don't know how long ago it was, but you got diagnosed with a -hmm. blood cancer. Yeah, yeah, leukemia. leukemia. And yeah, so, um, tell me, like, what was the timeline of things with stuff?
1: <laughs> um, so I was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia, CML. And this was in just over two years ago. It was, it's, I laughed. It was, it was March of 2019. So it was literally almost exactly one year from... Covid hitting, um, so it was like it was kind of like, oh, here we are, March again. So I have something around March, but. <laughs>
0: anyway, and at that time, I, uh, you were traveling all over the place, right?
1: I yeah. So I, at that time, what was happening is I was deep into shifted lead, becoming something in leadership, and at that point in time, it really looked like yoga teacher training, yoga like working with yoga teachers. So I was leading trainings at my studio. I was traveling all over leading trainings at other people's studios, just doing my own programs. I had decided after being in one location at my studio for four years to relocate. So I was in the middle of moving and building out a studio. And so this happened from summer of 2018 to March of 2019 because it looks like I most likely had this, this, this um, Genetic, genetic mutation happened I got the be somewhere in the middle of 2018 and I was sick I had little things little things here little things there that I had now now the downside of having a lot of medical research background I explained away hmm. right <laughs> until I landed into the hospital into the emergency room and, and it was just I was just go 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 because this is this, kind of funny and high, now looking back I was like oh, I was a little bit crazy because I had just come out of a weekend. I had flew someone out for teacher training Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They made, they made it very obvious. I didn't look well. I had someone else call me from afar. Hey, what's going on? You don't look very well at your Facebook post. Like, I'm just busy. I just moved to studio. I'm at three teacher trainings going on right now. It's January. Of course I'm tail. It's New Jersey, <laughs> January. Mm-hmm. And so that Monday I did go and get a couple of things checked out, but nothing came of it. They were like, you need this test and this test and this test and this test. I'm like, that's like six doctor's visits. <laughs> the next time I have a, a flare-up, I'll just go to the emergency room because they'll do like, all I that. don't got time for that. I don't have time for that. Next time I have a flare-up, I'll go to the emergency room. They'll do all those tests. Well, that happened on a Friday night after teacher training. so It was a teacher training weekend. Friday night, I come home at 9 p.m. I try to eat. I can't eat. That was one of... The symptoms. So I told my husband, I said, look, if we make it over to the little emergency room, like not the big one, the little emergency room, I think we'll probably get home by two and I'll be okay. Training starts at seven tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay. Needless to say, I did not make it into the studio at seven o'clock on Saturday, but I was back at seven a.m. on Sunday wow. as soon as I got discharged. <laughs> but um, yeah, I can remember them coming in and telling me, they were like, you know, we can see leukemia. And they had at that point just, Drew blood and I just kind of giggled and said, Yeah, you're gonna have to run that again. I'm not that sick. <laughs> and they're all like offering me more feed and stuff, and I'm like, but I yeah, it's uncomfortable. Like there's obviously this thing on the left side of me that's a little swollen, which was my spleen that's supposed to be three inches long, was over a foot long.
0: Wow.
1: So that's what drove me into the hospital. But um Yeah, that was a shock. But it didn't, because I had been working with it for so long, that actually isn't what snapped me into some awareness to slow down. It was a couple of days later, I had to go in for a bone marrow biopsy, of which I was fine. I don't know what people are complaining about. Yeah, it wasn't comfortable, but come on. Walked myself out of the office to pass out and hit my head both the front of my face and the back of my head on marble and I had never blacked out before and some people are like oh, I don't know if I blacked out oh yeah you know like when you black out like black out like I was deep asleep they had to wake me up and I had a concussion so bad I ended up in the ER three times in five days and on the third visit I wasn't sure I was coming home I had gotten so sick between the two things and that was like the moment of okay I got to slow down.
0: Yeah. It's like it, the universe was like, well, if this isn't going to take you out, then this Pretty sure much. is. Yeah. And. Yeah. I was,
1: I mean, they, literally my, um, my hemoglobin was a six. It should be like around that 20 to 30. I was, they wanted to give me a blood transfusion. They're like, you say you don't feel bad. So we want but know that every morning you wake up, check in with us in case you need a blood transfusion. Cause I couldn't breathe. I walked my dog and I was out of breath and I was just like, man, I got to get back in shape. So I'd go start a workout again.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this, is you, so. this is you. This is you, Gina, the person that's practiced yoga for quite a long time. That's mm-hmm. able to listen, like able to be aware, able oh, yeah. to know. And then it was like, still like, no, I'm just out of shape. I got to go do this.
1: Yeah, in hindsight, like, every single symptom, I can remember summer of 2018, I could not get hydrated. And then I just kind of lived with, oh, okay, that's just, pee. I'm going to be really yellow for now. No, <laughs> I'm just not going to get hydrated. Okay, great. And then I started bruising really bad. So I guess I'm just, I also had, was 41. So I was in that, like, just turned 40. This must be what happens when <laughs> you turn 40. Um, I couldn't go to concerts with my husband and stand for more than 30 minutes. I have to go outside and start the curb because my bones hurt. Like, in hindsight, it was ridiculous. But you just, like,
0: pushed through. Huh? You just, like, pushed through.
1: I didn't have time for it. I had places to go, literally, and a studio to open. And then as soon as it open, it's like, okay, it was flooding. The heat wasn't working. Like, all this shit. Mm. (laughs) So, yeah. But, um, so yoga taught me to get really good with other people. This experience taught me to get good with myself. Mm. But I, what I didn't do, again, I was, and maybe it was like dealing with the leukemia that allowed me to deal with COVID so well, was I, I have zero risk factors for this disease, zero, but I never had the conversation of like, well, where did this come from? Or why did this happen? And I was just like, okay, whatever, what do I gotta do? What do I have to do? New path, give me some sticky notes, let me take one at a of time, what do I have to do? And um I just did it.
0: So how have you gotten better with yourself now that this has been like a year ongoing? Like what's what's something that might happen? On, like I don't have leukemia, so I don't know what it like, how it can affect you. And you shared last week; it was like some days you have these like medication days where you're just like out. But like, if I if I was if based on what you're just saying, it's like if I was to know you a year ago, I would assume that even if you had a day where you were not feeling well for medication, you would still show up anyway. Yeah, I would have never canceled that yoga class, yeah. never. So, so what I do
1: now is. I cancel things. I break commitments and agreements. I'm honest about it. I clean it up if it's something to be cleaned up. And I, it, I just get over it and keep going. I, I, there are times when it's like, oh, here's a list of things I need to do today. And if they don't get done, so what? Like, I'm really clear. I have, I have I mostly have really good days. Like I'm very lucky in that I've been responsive to the medications. I was healthy other than that. But there are days when I wake up and I just have this fog. I have no idea what's going on and I have no problem asking people for help and no problem telling people, no, I can't do that.
0: Yeah. And like, what would be possible, I guess, if more people like, there's two things that I hear when you're saying this. It's like, you could let, like, some people are using COVID. Let's just, I'm just going to be honest. Like some people are using COVID as like the off button on life. Like I'm not going to practice yoga. I'm not going to exercise. I'm not going to take care of myself. I'm going to drink every night. I'm not going to stay connected to things that are important to me. I've Personally, I've chosen to like not hang out with those people because it's like a total downer. But like with, with leukemia, it's like you could choose to be like, oh, I have this. And it's like always lingering as like the out. It could be, but that's just like not. Doesn't sound like even how you're you've ever been programmed.
1: Well, it's because I have the tools to make to make the choices. Well, everything's a choice. I would say it's because I have the tools to get really clear with myself on what the impact and results are gonna be. And I don't fault anyone for not having those tools. And I truly do believe everyone's doing the best they can with what they have and what people have varies.
0: Well, even like Uh, day-to-day. Day-to-day, moment-to-moment,
1: moment-to-moment, day-to-day, and every moment is a new choice. And and what I also choose to do is to always just to be in a constant invitation for anyone and everyone. So I was I was emailing someone back and forth and like oh I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you and I'm like you, I have never had the expectation from anyone, if I send you a text or an email, unless like we have an agreement, you work for me and there's like this agreement around
0: that, um, for you to get
1: back to me, I don't know what's happening over there. Totally. And, And so, for some people, what we may see is the choice to check out not a choice to check out, but a choice of running on survival mode because they don't have tools to do anything else, like adding one more thing to the plate. Like you spoke about, like, I can't add book club to my plate. Like for some people, it's like getting off the couch today is something I can't add to my plate. Mm-hmm. for whatever reason and we'll never know and that may be the best they can do today but they got themselves to that couch
0: yeah
1: or if they slept on the couch they got themselves to sitting up on the couch
0: yeah and it's what you said is that sometimes it's not a choice it's like the ability to access it. the tool and sometimes we just like can't access it.
1: Yeah, because there's what we see. So there's the physical activity, whether it's getting up and walking. like I don't mean by exercise, but like visual, tangible things we can see. And like my life and your life look very visually visually tangibly active. And though maybe there's space for that because our mental place is not as full. Mm-hmm. And then for some people, the mental space is so full and so active and so overwhelmed, the physical body actually isn't going to do anything else.
0: Well, and it makes me kind of rewind back to what you talked about at the beginning about the intuition and how like busy your head could be that it wasn't like allowing for what you needed to actually do to be, when you were talking about your, um, like that when that um, physician messaged you about the studio, it was like right around. yeah. Yeah. And you were just like, like there's like spinning that's happening up here. And then like, we can't even listen four that's, you called it a spark. You're like the spark that's, it's, it's there. But I just like, I can't even access it because up here in my head. And it's such a weird, it's like a weird concept. Like, I don't know, yogis, te- yogis in general, like tend to be um like, I'll, like, we'll just like, we'll just use like hippie yogis, like the standard stereotypical, like very floaty and fairy, like kind of i like not connected to their body. And yet yoga is the practice of, yeah, you can connect to your body. You can connect to a feeling. You can connect actually to your intuition, but you have to pause for a second to be able to have that access point.
1: Yeah. And, um, and some people like push it down and hide it through staying really busy physically. Mm-hmm. And some people push it down and hide it by not doing anything physically, but staying busy. I mean, I do it there. Are, I mean, I'll be honest. Like there are days where, and I can see it happening. And I know like I have the tools and I'm just like, fuck the tools today. I'm not going to use them. I'm going to sit on this couch all day. And I know like I, once it, the, the news is on, I give myself a little bit of news and if I don't get up, it's going to go down here from there. Next thing I know, I'm flipping around. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this movie before. And then I start watching a movie at 10 a.m. And then I'm hungry. And I don't want to make anything. So I'm like, maybe I'll have pizza today. And I don't order just pizza. I order pizza and wings and something else. And lunch becomes dinner. becomes. I just need to go to bed so I start over again tomorrow. And then it was a time in my life when I, in, in the age of like 19, 20, 21, where that was every day almost. Like, I mean, I went to work. But then I shut down at night, and then from Friday night through Sunday night, that is just what I did. And time flew by. Like, the whole idea of, like, how could, how could I have sat um, on the couch and not done anything for 10 hours? I had no idea 10 hours would flown by. Mm-hmm. I was in, like, this cycle of, like, eating until I could fall asleep and take a nap to get up and eat again. Cause I had, I did I was I got to a size twenty at one point in my twenties, and and it was just because for me to get up and go interact with people, that was way too hard. And it wasn't a source of laziness. It wasn't a source of checking out. Like I wasn't checked out. I was very freaking aware of myself. I'm, it was the choice of not getting involved with other people because that never went anywhere good. But I wasn't checked out. I was sitting and having conversations with myself constantly, which felt more busier than when I'm teaching three classes a day, having two people coach calls, and then I go walk the dog. Like, that's not busy. Mm-hmm the mental mess in the head was busy.
0: What was the point for you or what happened that you stopped that cycle? It really, so I don't
1: know that I, I switched cycles. So I, there was a point where I had quit school and ended up getting a job waiting tables. And by default, I took 10 hour shifts, five days a week, movement increased. And I started to see that I could lose weight just from movement increase. And I worked at like a diner. And after about the third day at your diner, you just stopped eating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing there for you to eat. You nice <laughs> yeah. So I was walking for 10 hours and not eating anything. And then I just switched cycles to, I started going to the gym and then I started teaching classes and then I started doing triathlons. And instead of cycles of eating and sleeping, It was cycles of exercise and eating. Okay. And I just switched one avoiding behavior for another.
0: Yeah, that I see. And so
1: injury landed me in yoga, and so here I am. But yeah, I just became an exercise addict instead of an eating addict.
0: It's interesting because I see that in a lot of I'm around a lot of endurance athletes, and I see the avoidance, and and I've done it myself, and I've watched myself choose to avoid. I kept I'm doing this on purpose. I don't want to deal with that over there. Like we talked about running away. It's like, no, this is, but this looks good. It looks good to like physically run.
1: Oh yeah. Like I got more accolades for that behavior than the other one. So, you know, I was rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. It's a shame for it.
0: Yeah. If you had some advice, you've, you have so many like, Um, life stories of wisdom that you've learned like it's not because someone gave you a book and you learned all these things it was because you participated in life actively and life's thrown you some curveballs of that like I don't have like I don't have leukemia but I have lost my parents you've lost your dad and you've learned a lot from that is now what would you tell your like 18 year old self
1: give up resentment and have conversations.
0: Because 18
1: is when I was having a really rough time with my mom, and 19 is when my mom died. The last conversation with my mom was not a good one. One of my memories of my mom, and I know she said it that day, but she said it before, is like, you're just hard, you're a hard child. Like I I got hard when my parents got divorced. I was like, life is hard, people are hard. I need to be hard to survive. And then I need to make it harder for everybody else, too. Like, you don't have to be hard.
0: Yeah, that's good and advice. I spend,
1: yeah, and so, like, you were like, what was that moment of breaking? Like, when went from the eating to the exercising? It was my dad's suicide. That it was, like, at that point I had lost my mom, my dad. all Also, my grandparents passed a couple years before... Uh, my dad as well so it just became a <clears throat> I was so good at making things hard and then being hard and cutting people off and then I realized well that I'm just that list is getting really short of potential <laughs> cut off right what am I going to do about that it's not easy
0: but you don't have to make it hard thanks again for listening to the show. Please take a moment to rate the show and leave your comments so that more people can share this messy progress with us. See you next week.